You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. Easter has been celebrated and we have seen the Lord Jesus Christ risen from the dead. He is alive today. He is alive and He is well. He is working in lives. He is changing lives even to this day. My brother and sister, understand something. The Christian experience does not end at the resurrection. Come on, somebody. The Christian experience does not end at salvation. Okay? The Christian experience does not end with Jesus going up into heaven and then you see the words faded in the clouds, the end. And movie credits go through. And if you're an Avenger or if you're a Marvel fan, all of a sudden, at the end of the movie, Jesus may stick his head out and go, there's more coming. Why? Because brothers and sisters understand something. There is more to being a child of God than just salvation. There is more to it than just coming to an altar and saying, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. There is more to it this morning. If we are in a position where that we are chained to that moment and we come and we sit on a church pew all of our lives and we are chained to that moment in time and we do not move forward from that moment in time, realize this, we have missed out on a lot of what God has for us. Understand something, it's a beautiful thing to be able to talk about yesteryear. It's a beautiful thing to be able to talk about what God has done. But if your conversation deals only on what God has done and not what God is doing or what God will do, then brother and sister, it's time to be able to open the door to a brand new world and see that God has something more for you than just what has been done, but what He wants to do in your life. For too long, the church has sat in positions where that there's too many factions in the church, where you got one that fights over, well, it wasn't, we don't do it like we do, used to do, and we got one that wants to be able to say, well, we need to do it this way. Can I just say something, brother and sister? Understand this. We need both in the church. We need those that anchor us to a Pentecostal path that allows us to give the direction to be able to push forward to see what God wants to do in our lives. Ooh, Lord have mercy. And this morning, can I just be able to share this with you? God wants more. And He has more for us. Now I want you to look at Luke chapter 24. If you haven't, stand to your feet one more time this morning. So Luke chapter 24, look at verse 46, okay? Then He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Look at verse 48. And you are witnesses of these things. Verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Brother and sister, Jesus is moving them toward Pentecost. This morning for a few moments, I want to be able to preach on moving toward Pentecost. And I will be honest this morning, it's... Uh, I want to take this and look at this in a brand new angle because, brother and sister, I recognize this. Across this building, there are many different types of people here that have been through many different types of things. 
Some here have been in the presence of the Lord in Pentecost for years. Some are just sticking their toe into it. Some are in the, in the vicinity and they've been hurt. And they are in a position of trying to be able to heal. They're in all kinds of different places in their lives. But this morning I want to share something with you. That Jesus wants to push us forward. Understand something. There is a motion in life. That the Lord wants to constantly cause us to advance. To constantly move us forward. I, I'm, uh, I tell you, it is amazing to be able to see. Whenever I have, I, there, I was in uh, uh, Springfield uh, a couple weeks ago. And somebody walked up to me in, in a Tarjay. And I was in a Tarjay. And uh, somebody comes walking up. And they said, Pastor Tim. And I turned around and I was like, who are you? And they began to explain to me who they were. And they had been at a youth camp and, and what God has done in their life. And now they had a little kid in the stroller. And I'm like going, oh my Lord. I guess I don't have gray hair for no, for no reason. Because I was completely and totally just taken aback how much time had gone by. I still in my brain think that I'm just, that, that just happened. But understand something. Time has a way of moving on and advancing. And my question is this. If you are advancing in every other area of your life, why are you not advancing in the kingdom of God this morning? Okay? If we are in a position where that we are moving forward, physically that time is advancing that we are learning our job better and better that we are amassing knowledge to be able to climb the corporate ladder to be able to do this and to be able to do that the question that i always wonder and that is this why so many in the church are in such a place that they are so spiritually weak and un and just do not have the ability it seemed like to be able to handle opposition, handle simple theological discussions, because of one reason, they have not moved forward in their understanding and in their relationship with the Lord. Now, can I be able to share something with you? Every single one of us here this morning have a different rate of learning things. Okay? We're all different. So understand something. Your perspective and your knowledge of the Word of God will be different. Okay, there are some people that have just gotten saved and they're still going like, God love me. Whoa. I pulled a fast one on God. He didn't realize what a punk I was. And yet, yet here I am. The Lord loves me. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us are still at that point where we're just saying, man, I can't believe that the Lord really redeemed me, that I am brand new. And we're like wrapping our heads around that. We're like, well, wow. And there's some of us that have moved past that and we're in other places in our life where God is dealing with certain character issues and certain anger issues and certain things in our life and we're all moving in a position that God is doing different things in our life. But understand this, my friend. God still, no matter where you are at, He wants you to move forward. The other day I was trying to cut my grass. Let me just share something with you. It is still way too muddy to be trying to cut my grass in certain places. Driving along, grass is about that high, and just, and all of a sudden, now the corner of my eye, I see this mud shooting straight up in the air and landing right on the, and I'm like going, oh, stink. Got stuck. How many know this, brother? Sir? There will be moments in your Christian walk where you get stuck. There will be moments in your life where you're trying to move forward, but it just seems the opposition is almost more than you can be able to get past. Understand this. This is why, brother and sister, the Lord comes riding on a big John Deere tractor and says, throw the chain on there and I can pull you out in Jesus' name. Okay? So realize this. Even if you get stuck three times, And I get my trunk stuck one other time. Realize this. 
the tractor was always there to be able to help me out. Brother, just understand something. You may say, Pastor Tim, you don't understand just how muddy my field is. You don't understand the path that I'm taking. You don't understand the hurt that I've been. You don't understand the problems I've been. You don't understand the issues that I have. You don't understand the environment that I'm in. You don't understand the stuff that's going on in my life. Can I just be able to share, understand grass covers a multitude of muddy spots. Believe you me. But understand this, when you find those muddy spots, there is a God that wants to help you and to pull you out and allow you to move forward in Jesus' name. And this morning, I want to push you forward into a place that we began kicking through the ruts and allow you to be able to move forward to experience the next level that God wants to be able to do in your life. Just like he did the disciples. Because realize what's going on in the disciples' life in this passage of Scripture. The disciples have followed Jesus through the region, listening and learning from the messages that he preached. They had even watched and experienced Jesus produce overwhelming miracles. Overwhelming power was exhibited by him. They had come and they had seen him taken. They have seen him beaten. They have seen him mocked. And they saw him die on Calvary's cross. They experienced the horror of coming and seeing Jesus bloodied and bruised and taking him off the cross, wrapping his body, preparing his body quickly, and putting it in a borrowed tomb. They've experienced all of that. And now they have come into a position where they have seen such great highs and now they are in the middle of such great lows. They have seen so much. But brother and sister, understand what has happened in this passage of Scripture. And understand what is beginning to happen. Because in these moments that Jesus' that, that Jesus' disciples have seen so much, Understand this, there came a moment when Jesus Himself appears before them and when He appears before them, He begins to realize something, that the story of Jesus is not over. They have seen so much and now as they have traveled with Jesus, not just through His life, but since He's been resurrected, the very last instructions that they have of Him is this. I want you to be witnesses Of what you have seen me do. The words that I have spoken. The very acts that I have done. Everything I want you to be witnesses to it. And then he says this. But I need you to go to Jerusalem. Why? Because there you will be endued with power from on high. You will have power that is going to be gifted to you. So that you can be able to do what I have called you to do. Brother and sister, understand this, my friends. Pentecost is not something to be scared of. It's not something to be nervous about. It's not something for you to be able to freak out about and to wonder what in the world is going on. Because understand this. I understand there's many people that talk negative about it. I understand that many people will say that it's something of the past. And this morning, can I be able to share before really getting into it? I'll get into more on Pentecost Sunday. But brother and sister, understand this. There's a lot of people that have caused all kinds of dispersions about the power of Pentecost. But understand this, my friends. If it was a bad thing, Jesus would have never told His disciples, you go and you wait and you, until you are endued with it on high, brother and sister. So Jesus says, I want you to go there. And I want you to get ready for it. Now understand something. Today I believe Jesus would tell us the same thing. That we need to learn to tell our story of what God has done. Understand this, brother and sister, and I know I've spoke about this in the past few weeks, but I'm going to just, just re-clarify it one more time. That if, you, if your concept of being a child of God is just coming to church, understand this. 
You have not experienced and you are not living to the fullness of what God has wanted for you. Understand something. There is a place to meet with the body of Christ. There is a need for to be discipled. There is a need to be able to draw strength from each other. There is a need to find unity of the brethren. But understand this. Understand, brother and sister, our job as a child of God is to tell our story not in church, but outside the walls of the church. And Jesus instructs them, go tell somebody about what I've done. Go do something. Go tell somebody. And what is He saying, brother and sister? I say the same thing to us this morning. We need to tell our story about what Jesus has done. But guess what? He has not left us alone in it. Why? Because we are still being endued with power from on high that began at the day of Pentecost this morning. So this morning... He knew that they was going to need help. So he sent them to Jerusalem. So that they can be endued with power from on high. Mother and sister, understand we... I know that many times that when we look at ourselves and we look at our religious background and we look at our credentials of being a child of God, we may look and go, well, I'm not all up to it. I've heard people more than one time turn around and say, Pastor Tim, I need you to talk to somebody. And I'm okay with doing that. But understand this, God wants to grow in you to a place where you don't have to call me whenever you want to tell somebody about Jesus. Why? Because the Lord wants to work in you away and move you forward so that you can be able to tell somebody about Jesus. So that you can be able to tell your own story. And brother and sister, understand that is how Pentecost begins to be. The Lord wants to push us toward there. Because understand something. He knew that we would need supernatural help. Because whenever we do not have credentials, Paul says this, I've come not in enticing words of man's wisdom, but I come with the demonstration of the power of God. Understand this, brother and sister, you may not have all the answers to everything that's going on in your life. You may not have all the answers to every question that someone may be able to have, that you can be able to verbalize it, but what you can be able to do is to be able to know that there is a power that backs you up, that allows you to tap into a supernatural flow of God that allows you to see great things happen as you begin to work in it. So the Lord Jesus, He says, I need you to go because there's something coming that's going to be able to turn your life upside down. Understand something. The Lord knew that they were going to need help. The Lord Jesus Christ is somebody that knows us and knows that we will need help. He knows the process that He is coming, that we are going through. He knows what we have been. He knows what we will be. He knows how to be able to bring us from what we were and to be able to make us to what we will be if we will just follow. Understand this, there is a process that must go on in every life for us to become the best of what God wants us to be. If you are not perfect, or if you are still trying to work out the kinks in your walk with the Lord, realize this. You are not alone. All right? You are not alone. God is good this morning. This morning, understand this. If you are not perfect, or if you are still in a place where you're trying to figure stuff out, and you are saying, yo, Pastor, I, I'm, I feel like I get in this place where I'm doing what God wants me to do, and I get stuck, and I get here and there. Understand this. You're not the only person there. And God, if He sent the power of the Holy Ghost to be a help so that you can be able to do... Can I tell you something? The Lord knows how to get you to that place to receive help. Understand this, what begins to happen. The Lord wants you to become the best version of yourself. The fullness of your gifts arrayed in the kingdom of God. Seeing God do great things in your life. And like we've talked about a few weeks ago, Jesus is in the business of being able to make you And to put you in a place where you can be awesome. And you can be great in the kingdom of God. I want to take your Bible over and flip over to Matthew chapter 4. I want to build something for just a moment this this evening or this morning. Understand this. Jesus is in a position. Whenever He is calling His disciples, He did not call the most learned 
He did not call, he did not go to the, your Bible school and say, excuse me, I need the best 12 out of the Bible school. He's, where did he go? He went to places that you would not normally find preachers. Okay, look at Matthew chapter 4, look at verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. Realize this. He said, Follow me, and I will make you. Now, we spoke about this a few weeks ago when we talked about momentum moving forward during the making, the process. I want to be able to just remind you for just a moment that Jesus took these individuals that you would not think would have credentials to be leaders in the church, yet for three and a half years, He began to make them into those leaders of the church. He began to form them and began to make them to a point that a fisherman became the leader of the church. Now understand something. God, no matter where you are at in your walk with the Lord, you, God can be able to make something out of your mess so that you can be able to be great in the kingdom of God. How many of you have ever been fishing before? All right. All right. Fishing, is, fishing is just a lot like hunting to me. And that is this. I have to be around the right people. Why? Because I like to talk. I was preaching right outside Jackson, Mississippi a number of years ago, and I made the head deacon of that church almost cuss. Because he took us out to his prize fishing hole. And I just thought that this was just a time for all of us to be able to talk. So we're all sitting on the dock, and I'm just just talking. I'm and I could tell that this head deacon was just getting madder and madder. I was like, well, I don't know what's wrong with him. And finally, he just gets up, kicks his chair, and storms off around the other side. And I hear him say on the other side of the pond, that preacher won't shut up, but I can't catch anything. <laughs> so I, I figured something out, and that is this. I have something that if I have the gift of gab, and if you don't want me to talk, don't put me in a position where I can't talk. Why do you think that the whole idea of deer hunting just never applied to me? Because why? When I get there, they expect you to do something. Be still, be quiet. Can't do either one of them very well. There never was something that I could be able to do effectively. You understand something? The thing that I find so amazing about if you are a fisherman, though, and that is if you deal with a lot of fish and if you've been busy or whatever else that day and you've caught a lot of fish and you've met a lot of mate, the smell on your hands, it's a beautiful thing. It just kind of kind of just goes with you, okay? Scrub your hands and it just kind of stays with you. Scrub them again and it just kind of stays with you. You can go for a while and you'll find out that you'll get stuff underneath your fingernails. You'll get stuff all over the place and you can be able even the next day or a day after and you can be able to, every once in a while, You can be able to eat a hamburger or a ham sandwich and you're like going, it smells awful fishy in here. I'm just not quite why, sure why. I don't know what it is about that. But understand something. Can you imagine somebody that has made a business, a living, being a fisherman? And Jesus saying, come on with me. Every day, they get up and Jesus says, I'm going to make something out of you, Peter. I'm going to make something out of you, Andrew. I'm going to make something out of you, James. I'm going to make something out of you, John. And the only thing they can be able to smell is just fish on their fingers. Every time they go to be able to do what the Lord has been able to do, and maybe they mess up once or twice, or they may have done something stupid. And if it's Peter, he probably said something stupid. And all of a sudden, but every time that that begins to happen, in those early years, in those early days, that every time they smell that fish, and they're like going, man, I could go back. 
I could be able. But understand some brothers and sisters, it's many times the same way in our lives. Then when the Lord begins the process of making us into something else, that sometimes we have to go past the position of what we have smelled and what we have done before we met the Lord. Okay? We have to get past that. We have to get past the smell. We have to get past the issue. We have to get past the hurt. We have to get past the mess to be able to get to a position where God can begin to work in us. But understand this, brother and sister. You may be in a place where you can still smell the fish from time to time of your past life, but that does not mean that God is not working in your life this morning. You're just still in the process. Realize this. The Lord puts His hands on Peter. He puts His hands on all them and He is making them. Realize this. Follow me and I will make. Understand there will be times and He understands this that you will try and you will get stuck. I knew I had to cut my grass. But there will be moments that you will get stuck in that grass. But yet the Lord is there to be able to say, come on and let me help you out of it. Why? Because He understands you need help. And He will make you into becoming what God has called you to be. He states it, and brother and sister, you can believe it this morning. But understand this, in that midst, in the next three and a half years of ministry that Jesus was involved in, He began to train this group of different vocational trained people from tax collectors to physicians to fishermen to all kinds of individuals, all kinds of attitudes, all kinds of issues that are going on. And He's able to train them and begin to make them into a team that can be the next leaders of the church. He begins to work on them. He begins to make them into fishers of men. This goes on, brother and sister, through the crucifixion. Even up in the Garden of Gethsemane, He is trying to prepare them. At the Last Supper, He's trying to prepare them. He's constantly in a position of trying to be able to train them. Trying to be able to let them understand your process is not finished yet there is still something more let me help you understand let me help you grow to become what God wants you to be and he even continues even after the resurrection of Jesus I want you to take your Bible flip back over to Luke 24 Luke 24 understand something Jesus when he rises from the dead From that day to Pentecost is somewhere about 47 days. Okay? Jesus ascends up into heaven somewhere at a position where you're talking about four days or so before or a week or so before Pentecost shows up. You are talking about now Jesus has a position where that he spends around 40 days with his disciples. Okay? He spends 40 days. Now, out of the 50 days from the Passover, the time of his crucifixion, to the time of Pentecost, is 50 days. He spends three days in the grave. He spends 40. So that means at the end of the days, guess what? He's got seven days. I understand something. He spends 40 days with the disciples after his resurrection. Being able to do what? To prepare them. To continue the process of them becoming what God has called them to be. Look at 24, verses 44 through 45. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things, in other words, whenever he says this, he said, This is what I told you when I was alive. Okay? What is that? That all these things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Look at verse 45. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. 
Understand what's going on here. In verse 44, he says this. He begins to show them everything that he had talked about while he was alive. And in verse 45, he says, just to make sure that you figured this out, let me tell you one more time and explain to you what it is that I was here to do and where you fit in and what you can be able to be. He begins to talk to them. He begins to open up their eyes. He begins to pour the spirit, the scripture into their on their hearts. And what is he doing? He is now beginning to put them in a right, proper place. Why? So that he can now begin to push them toward what? Pentecost. I've said all of that, bringing you to a place that you understand something. That the Lord Jesus Christ called them. And he began to equip them and began to build them into a process. Now, he's beginning to say something else. He's beginning to say, now, guess what? I'm dead. I've risen back again. I want you to know some disciples. There's still a process that's going on. I need you in these next 40 days to bring you to a place that you will be ready for what? Pentecost. Look at this. Part of preparing them for Pentecost was not only showing them how its debt fit into the fulfillment of the law, but also preparing them for what was coming. Look now at John chapter 20. I know I'm getting you to chase after Scripture all over the place, but I want you to look. John chapter 20, I want you to put your nose in this passage of Scripture for just a few moments. Verse 19, listen to what it says. Then the same day at evening. Now this is back whenever Jesus, the disciples, haven't figured out if Jesus is alive again or not. He says, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and he stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Let me just share some with you. Let me just stop there for just a second. Now we'll get right back to it. But let me just stop there for just a second. Realize this. The disciples, they're in a house. The doors are locked. Why? Because they don't know what's about to happen. They don't know if soldiers are coming after them. They don't know what's happening. They know that they have heard something about Mary Magdalene and all of them. That they're saying Jesus is alive. So they're like, did the guards go get them? What's going on? What's happening? The only thing they know to do is this. Get together and lock the doors. Right? Can I tell you something, brother? There will be moments in your life that you get like that. Can I just be real with you for a second? There will be moments that you will be confused. There will be moments that you're like going, I don't understand what's happening. And the only thing I want to do is get in the house, close the door, lock it up and go. And just live with yourself. Do you know that is just miserable? Can I tell you something? That is miserable whenever you get into such a place mentally that the only thing that you want to do is just get in the house, lock the doors and say, oh my God, what's going on? Here they are in a position where they should be really, truly just bucking and shouting. Why? Because they should have a giant countdown. Three days, two days, one day. Why? Because Jesus had already told them, on the third day I'm coming back. They didn't quite grasp it. So instead, what are they doing? They're sitting there and they're just wondering. Now all of a sudden, guess what? In the midst of that kind of environment, Jesus shows up and walks into the building. And when Jesus walks into the building, all of a sudden, everything changed. Can I share this with you? If you ever get into that point where you just feel like getting in your house and locking up the doors and saying, oh my God, what's going on? I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. I'm so anxious. I'm so depressed. I'm so anything. That is the moment that you do not stay home from church. Say amen now. Come on, somebody. That is the moment that you do not stay out of church. 
That is the moment that you do not just hunker down all by yourself and get caught up in your brain. And all of a sudden you get more and more depressed, more and more anxious, more and more caught up. Brother and sister, understand something. That is not the moment that you do it. That is the moment that you say, Jesus Christ, I need you working in my life. Let me find his presence. And Jesus shows up and everything changes. You need to be in the presence of the Lord. You don't want to be locked up in your house. Don't even be locked up somewhere where it's just you and just yourself and all your situations. Get into the presence of the Lord somewhere. And here we find Jesus. He comes walking in. He says, look. Look at the nail marks. Look at my side has been pierced. I am your Lord. And his disciples are like going, I knew it. I knew it. Man, they're glad, they're excited. But then look what Jesus tells them. He says this. Even so, as the Lord has sent me, or my Father sent me, now I'm sending you. So the moment that Jesus appears to them, He says, it's me, I'm back. And guess what, now you got to go. What are you doing here, locked up in a door, in a, in, a, in a home somewhere, open up the doors, it's time for us to go. Mm, now look at this, now look at this. Look at verse 22, look at verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. My Lord, have mercy. Doesn't that sound a whole like Luke chapter 24? When Luke chapter 24, he says, Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. And the verse before that, he says this, You shall be witnesses of this. Understand something. Even whenever Jesus is in a position where that he is now saying, I am risen, I am alive. I now am calling you to do and to go even as the Father sent me. Now I send you. But guess what? I want to prepare you for something, disciples. And He breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. My God in heaven. Come here, Tessa. When you look at John chapter 14, John chapter 15, John chapter 16, Jesus constantly was talking about the Spirit of truth, about the Holy Spirit coming after he was gone. He had been giving them time and time again doctrine that Jesus was leaving, that there was a Spirit of God that was then going to come. And now, as Jesus appears back to them, he says, This, receive what I have been talking to you about in John chapter 14. 15 and 16. Understand something. Say, Pastor Tim, you Bible scholars out there. <laughs> Pastor Tim, that's in John chapter 20. But the Holy Ghost did not fall on Acts chapter 2. I'd say you are correct. Look at Acts chapter 2. Let's just go to it. Look at Acts chapter 2. Come on over here and Follow around with me for just a moment. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Brother and sister, yes, the Holy Spirit fell and they were all filled. Look at your neighbor and say, filled. They were all, A-L-L, filled. Look at your neighbor and go, all, filled. Look at your other neighbor and go, all, filled. Look at the person behind you. All filled. <laughs> Lean up and tap the person in front of you and go, all filled. Now why in the world am I emphasizing all filled? Let me share something with you. 
if you made it to the upper room, they were all filled. If you made it to the upper room, they were all filled. Understand something. This gift is not for me and for that one and for that one and for that one and for that one. Brother and sister, the gift of the Holy Ghost is for everybody. All of us. But understand something, brother and sister. The day of Pentecost, when it finally fully came, everybody that was in the upper room, all of them were filled. Thing is this, you just got to get to the upper room. Realize this, brother and sister. Now, why in John 20 does he say receive the Holy Spirit and breathe on them? Why? Because, brother and sister, understand something. How many know that life gets complicated? Okay? How many know stuff happens? How many know that, brother and sister, life has a way of coming up and just catching you at a moment whenever you just don't know what's going on and all of a sudden he just comes and grabs you? Let me, let me tell you something. If you were a child of God, there was a doctrine a few years ago that says, you know, if you get sick, then you are not of God. You must have sin in your life. Can I be able to tell you something? Okay, that's why I think about that. Understand something. You may get sick. Why? Because we all are in a position of our flesh has fallen. We're all under the curse. But guess what? Jesus says this. If you get sick, guess what? There's healing in the atonement. Okay? Understand this. So brothers and understand this. If we did not get sick, there's no need for healing to be in the atonement. Guess what? We may get sick. But understand this, healing is in the atonement for you and for me. Let me just share this with you, brother and sister. There is stuff that happens in life that can catch you unaware. That can honestly slap you in the face so hard that it makes you go, whoa. Slap back to reality. Just, what in the world? Can I be able to share something with you? This is why Jesus says this. Because he realizes this. That's 43 days from the moment that he shows up or 47 days from the moment that he shows up to the day of Pentecost. And those disciples have to make it from here to there. And they need to be able to know that what Jesus has been talking about, that it's real, and that when it does show up on the day of Pentecost, they're ready to be able to receive it. Now, can I tell you something? Receive. You see Jesus saying this, receive the Holy Spirit in John 20. In Acts chapter 2, you see, and they were all filled. Two different words, okay? Filled, received. How many of you uh, have ever gone and tried to buy a part when you didn't know what you were buying? All right. This is the reason why you take the old part, and when you take the old part, you take it with you. You receive the old part, you take it to the store, and you look at the dude and you go, I need one of these. I may not be able to describe it because I've never worked with it. I may have never been able to come to a position where that I can be able to intelligently be able to tell you this is what the technical word for it is, but I can be able to go, this is what it is, it's off of this, and I need it to work. And the guy will look at it and go, where, what we have here is a thingamajiggy for a 3741. Yeah, yep, that'll work. I know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to put that little thing, we'll put that right there, and go put that there, and there, and it'll work. You're like going. I know some of you guys, y'all, y'all want to act just like I do. Like, yeah, exactly. Should work just fine. 
remember the problem is this. If you don't know something about it very well, you want to make sure you got the part, you receive something to be able to make sure when you get there, you've got the right part. You know what Jesus is doing in John chapter 20? He breathes on them and says, Receive the Spirit of God as a down payment to say, This is what you're looking for. Put it in your hands, Peter. Put it in your hands, disciples. Feel that. That is the presence. That's the Spirit of God. This is what I have been talking about. This is a down payment. This is so that whenever you get to Acts chapter 2, and when you see me going up into heaven, and I say go and wait to be endued on power, you don't go and go... But there's something within you that you have touched... That is supernatural that you say, my God, I have got to go because I know exactly what is coming my way. Brother, mm. you understand something. Realize this. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost yet, guess what? It's okay. Why? Because, brother and sister, God still wants to breathe on you and prepare you to the point that you can receive it. Morning, as I've been praying about this this week and just, just meditating on this, let's just understand something. We have gotten in so many Pentecostal circles, we stress tongues and we stress so much. Gotta get it, gotta get it, gotta get it, gotta get it. Say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And you're just like, understand something. There is a relationship part of this. And whenever you start getting closer to Jesus and you begin moving in and you begin to feel the presence of the Lord around you as you begin to pray, as you begin to worship, as you get in His presence, brother and sister, the Lord's going to start breathing on you. Woo, Lord have mercy, brother and sister. This morning I got up, my daughter was getting ready to leave. She was driving back to Springfield, had an appointment she had to be at. She wasn't able to be here this morning. I tell you, my heart, just every time she leaves, it just wants to break wide open. But as I was back in there and I was by myself, I began to say, Lord Jesus, and I felt the presence of the Lord begin to breathe on me early this morning. And I looked in the mirror and I said, everything's going to be okay. Why? Because I know He's here. Jesus. Brother and sister, I understand something. If it is just a Sunday thing, then you got the wrong thing. So many times, whenever it becomes a Sunday thing, where it is us just serving God on a Sunday, and that's all that it is, you will never get yourself lined up to be able to receive that Pentecostal blessing. Because understand something, that process that Jesus brought them from a place where He met them three and a half years before, and the process whenever He raised from the dead and He breathed on him and says, you're going to receive this as a down payment of what is about to come. And then He begins to move them forward for the next 47 days saying, come on, come on, get to the, get to the upper room. Brother and sister, understand something. Some of you are in that position where God is just wanting to breathe on you. So that all the, the stuff that somebody has whispered in your ear and go, say Jesus, say Jesus faster, say Jesus faster, 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 faster. Now lift up a hand. Now stick up your foot. We have tried to be able to so push this. And Jesus never ever come to a place that He said this is... He, what did He do? He put them in a position... To be able to receive. He didn't care about the method of how they received. He never one time told them, there's going to be a wind and it's going to blow. <laughs> and when you feel the wind blow, just throw up your hands. It's coming! No. He never not one time said that. So many times we get so caught up in all of these methods that we've heard on how you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this morning I'm going to challenge you. In the next 40 some odd days till we get to Pentecost, I'm going to challenge you the same way that Jesus challenged you. Get in the presence of the Lord. Let Him breathe on you. And then who cares about the method that you receive it? 
You will receive it this morning. My God, in this building, I know people have gotten received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in their car on the side of I-240. Don't be they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost while they have suds all the way up to their arms while they're just washing dishes at the dishwasher. I would just love to see that kitchen after she got done. Ooh, Lord, suds everywhere. Understand something, brother and sister. I'm calling you to not just a moment of one service of saying, yes. If you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost to come, we're going just to pray on you. My sister, I'm calling for every single one in the body of Christ this morning to do just as Jesus. Because you realize this, I, you know, I'll talk about this at Pentecost. You realize this, Jesus not one time told them, says, you're going to speak in tongues when you receive baptism of the Holy Ghost. It happened that way, though. Never not one time did He say, there's going to wind, it's going to blow. It's going to wind, it's coming. That wind is coming. Be ready for it when you feel the wind. That's it. No, not one time. But when it fell, they were ready to receive. And then, sister, this morning, let's forget about the methods and let's just go after the giver. And let's let him breathe on us. And see God do something awesome in this house. And see God work miracles. And see God do things that we can't be able to explain. And see God begin to baptize one after the other. Brother and sister, just a few weeks ago I was told that there in the middle of worship that we had a little kid that got baptized in the Holy Ghost in the middle of worship. Can I tell you something? It can happen. Kid didn't even know that it happened until he was coming home and started talking about it. I was talking in another, in another language and it felt good. Glory! Alright? Can I tell you something, brother and sister? That is what can happen when you just begin to let Jesus breathe on you. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, I thank you, Almighty God, for this body of believers that let me preach Lord Jesus a little bit longer than what I should have this morning. Dear God, Lord, I believe that you are pushing us toward Pentecost to experience a revival in this church. Dear God, Lord, that's going to impact the community around us. Dear God, Lord, I truly believe that you're getting ready to do something. You're already doing it. Dear God, Lord, you're getting ready to take us to a new level. Dear God, Lord, instead of just few pockets of Pentecostal outpouring. Brother and sister, you're, dear God, Lord, you're getting ready to just open up the windows of heaven. And Lord, the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ are going to experience revival moving in great waves. Now, I pray in the name of Jesus this morning. And dear God, Lord, no matter where any person is in this building, and dear God, Lord, they'll step out.